When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ashbel Castro, welcome to The Mentor, mate. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for coming in. Uh, did you get a session in today, train? Yeah, I did actually, just down at Barry's Boot Camp there right. at, uh, around the corner. My, my brother's actually had a curriculum there, so snuck in with a, with a bit of our staff. I've done nothing today. I've, I feel like shit. I've done no training because I had to start, had an early 8 a.m. start with Sky News and uh, yeah. it's too fucking hard. But by the time, and plus I slept in till 5 30. Now you're doing morning. better than me, mate. That was my first session in about six weeks. I've really? Been on, been on the road, so. Try to get, oh, you know, I've probably had one here and there, but I'm not as consistent as when I'm when I'm at home, which is something I've got to work on. But um, yeah, it's, uh, it's yeah. good to be back in the gym. It's actually hard to train when you're traveling, and, mm-hmm. and, and I mean, you've been involved in this industry for a long time, MMA industry for a long time, or, mm-hmm. or, or the fight game for a long time. And we'll talk about your products and all that stuff a bit yeah. later. Yeah. Um. Probably, I'd like to wind it back a little bit and find out a little bit about you, Ash. Like, how did you? first decide that you wanted to get involved in what's considered to be a pretty tough sort of industry to be in, yeah. the fight game that is. Yeah, look, I guess I fell into it. Um, but it's a lot of passion. So that's kind of like what led me there, right? So I kind of um, found my way to Thailand and, and I went there with a few good mates that uh, fought previously and, and I played a lot of rugby league growing up and, and grew up on the Central Coast, uh, New South Wales, and, um, and, and then found my way over to Western Australia. But in about 2014, I uh, went went to Thailand with a few mates. And but what, why why did you and your mates go to Thailand? Um, they were going over to train and fight, and, and yeah. I just was jumping on board with them. So we went over so there. You were just sort of just going to hang out with yeah, them. Yeah, going to hang out and train, and I was riding fitness. Well, yeah, well, let's yeah. just because there's there's a myth around all this stuff. Yeah, um, you know why people think of the you know the Hangover movie and all sort of stuff when they think about yeah. Thailand. But let's just sort of dig in a little bit. Why do Blokes and girls, before they get involved in either a boxing match or a, an MMA fight, tend to go to Thailand. What, what's the deal with Thailand? I'd say it's like it's, you know, you can you can go there, get specialised training, obviously with the Muay Thai. It's like their culture is that, you know, there's world-class facilities, world-class trainers and from a lot of different facets of, of life, everyone kind of goes there and mingles and mixes and, um, you know, you've got specialised training there from people from the US, people from, you know, the UK and, and there's a lot of different, uh, I guess, looks, what you call it in the fight game, a lot of diff- you can get a lot of different looks there and, um, you know, some, I think you can go there and really kind of switch off from everything or that you might have, you know, if you've got a family back here, you can go over and do a camp there and, and kind of, you know, just focus on your camp, focus on your career. In saying that, there are, you know, other parts of Thailand, like you touched on, that it can be, you know, people think you can go there and party and that is still there but, if you're going over there to train a lot of people, you know, that's why you're going there. And that's the myth. I mean, people think, oh, he's going to Thailand or she's going to have time. They're going over there, have a bit of, have, have a laugh. And 
go out at night and get on the drink. Actually, I've experienced these camps and uh, they're pretty intense. Oh, I yeah. Believe. They they're fully intense. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of fighters. I know. I know. Um, Jeff Fennick's just come back. He's been over there with Hass Hamden. Hass is fighting on the Gallon fight in Newcastle next yeah, week, yeah. I think. So, um, and and I they keep posting up photographs and and Hass would be training three times a day. So the general regime for a, a boxer anyway is a go for a run in the morning about five thirty. Yep. Bear in mind, you do the reason you do that is because it's obviously pretty hot there. Humidity, yeah. And for, so five thirty is a good time to run. Yep. Um, go for a run. Maybe it's an hour or forty-five minutes. They usually come back and have breakfast. Sometimes they come and do saunas and stuff like that, but they'll rest till lunchtime. Then at lunchtime, they will do some pad work and yeah. maybe some light weights. Um, not a lot of weights get done by boxes, but yeah, some light weights. Again, they go, they're going to have lunch and they're going to rest. Bear in mind the whole time when they say they're eating, they're eating very little because they're trying to drop weight, yeah, or, or whole weight, yeah. And then in the evening they'll spar, yeah, and then they'll go to bed and they'll do that for. Usually seven or eight days, yeah. sometimes ten days. Um, is that the same experience for MMA? Is that what you experience? Yeah, for is sure. That- yeah, like I think like in camp, you know, it's a lot more full on than, than out of camp. You know, a lot of guys upskill in between camp. Um, you know, like for myself, you know, I was a I was a bit of a knockabout. You know, I was there. I kind of had a few Muay Thai fights and um, kind of realized I didn't like getting kicked in the head, so I, I kind of backed off on that and started engaged. But we'll get to that. But um, yeah, I think like from my experience with the guys, you know, it's like you said, training in the morning, recovery, train midday, recovery, train in the afternoon. Best thing about Thailand is you can go down the beach, recover, you can train then catch a sunset, you know, it's just that jump on the bike and have that, you know, freedom and, and that feel on top of the world. That's something that I that's really pretty love cool and too, held yeah. on to. Yeah, yeah that, 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 I remember that because a couple of years ago with Jeff and um, he said, oh, well, let's go to um, this place. I've got to tell this story. He said, let's go to this place. He said, um, we trained in the morning, we trained at lunch and this in the afternoon. He said, we're going to go to this place the first day um, and we're going to do some recovery. And I said, what do you mean? He said, we're going to go on this, um, not ice bath, but like a, a room that's really low temperature, like, you know, minus something. Yeah. You know, I had never been in one of these rooms before. We jumped on the back of a motorbike each. So, like, we had a motorbike driver. Yeah. And fuck, it was like... Mate, it was like mental yeah. and uh, like, oh, you know, fuck, I'm going to die here in Thailand. Yeah. I don't really like the idea of <laughs> put, putting a hospital in Thailand, but I, we were dodging out of traffic and Jeff, yeah. no hands, fucking turn around looking at me. And then by the end of the whole trip, by the way, I was doing the same shit. So yeah. I was filming and all sorts of stuff. Yeah, confident. <laughs> but the first day I was fucked. Anyway, he goes, we turn up, we, we trained twice that day and I was pretty sore already. I already started, you know, sort of getting all swelling and shit like that. So um, we uh, walk in this joint. And there's three rooms, th- three compartments, like about as big as a, a, a normal sauna. They're all next door to each other, and mm. between each room is a door. So the first, so they give you something to put on your feet, something to put on your hands, a pair of shorts, and a mask over your mouth. Yeah, yeah. That's it. And you go in the first room is minus eleven. You only stay there for thirty seconds, or maybe fifteen seconds. Yeah. You're not allowed to touch anything with your bare hands, but you've got gloves on. You open the door, go into the next room. Next room is minus thirty. Same fifteen seconds. You go to the next room, minus sixty. And you stay there for three minutes. Yeah. Now right. I'm in there with Jeff, right? So and Jeff's always fooling around, always fucking always fooling around. So you go to the first room, or good, pretty cold. I thought, well, okay. We're in the second room, that was really cold. We're in the third room, we're in the third room. It was sort of like a steam, but it's not steam, it's cold air. And yeah. it really can't see properly. Anyway, I'm standing there and I saw this hand come out of nowhere towards me, and it was his hand, and it was about to flick my Nipple, right, and uh, and I and I just pulled away really quickly. I just 
put my other hand up and sort of like brushed it away. And what I noticed is I had an icicle, like a long icicle thing hanging right. off my nipple. I didn't know that. <laughs> anyway, he was going to flick it off. He was going to flick the icicle off. Yeah. And uh, apart from being, you know, re- minus six degrees three minutes, I came out. I was free. Anyway, we got outside and the, the, the lady who was running the joint, I said, you can't do that. She said, because if you'd have flicked the, uh, the icicle off, your nipple would have come off with yeah. it. And, and uh, that was my first experience um, um, in, in one of those cold saunas. But the thing being, Thailand has all this shit. Yeah. It's got all these cool things like that. We, we went back there every couple second day. We were in saunas every single day. You can sort of luxuriate yourself, not yeah. for a great price. It's not expensive. No, that's a big reason yeah. as to why people yeah. go there as and well. And you can eat well. But you don't uh, don't overeat, yeah, and you're not you're not eating shit, and you you don't have to drink. I mean, I don't really drink that much either, anyway. So we didn't drink much, and we could you can watch all the sports. There's sports uh, bars everywhere. Yeah, watch everything you want. Yeah, it's pretty good joint just to really, as you said, focus on what you're doing, forget yeah, everything exactly. else, and just do it. Yeah, and, uh, and especially if you're trying to drop weight. So that that's the whole Thailand experience. And uh, I mean, I I know a lot of MMA fighters go there. You know, a lot of boxers go there. Yeah, there's plenty of people to spar with too. Like big yeah. drama here is you can't find anyone to spar with. Well, that's the thing. Like you get like you know you might get some Russians in. There's a big big population of Russians or you know like um, East European athletes that come over because I think they've got like a some kind of a um, a visa deal with with Thailand. So there's a lot of Russians in certain pockets of, of Phuket. Um, and, and then you'll have like obviously English, American and obviously Aussies and, and Kiwi, a lot of Kiwis as well. So, um, you get a lot of different looks, you know, um, you know, talk about like guys like PDN, you know, was there back in 2014, young, you know, like obviously just fought for the, for the strap when Alex fought, it was unsuccessful, but it was a tight fight. Um, but yeah, like, you know, there's so many guys that have been there and been training there in and out, like you guys like, uh, Brad Riddell. You know, Kai Car France, obviously Alex. You know, there's guys like Shay Walsh who's from the UK that was there. Uh, a few Brazilian guys, and and obviously, um, you know, Dan Hooker's been there. Israel's been there to train. When we were training there in 2014, it was a lot rawer, like a lot more stripped back and a lot less, you know, I guess populated than what it is. I guess before before COVID, you know, the main strip of like where Tiger Muay Thai was, it was there wasn't as much there, you know, but over, over the years it's become more popular to train there and stuff like that. So it's been a lot more built up. There's a lot more gyms and uh, recovery places, which is good. But now a good friends of ours have just started a gym. Actually, Alex Volkanovsky's over there and just did a seminar uh, with Joe. I saw that, yeah. coach, Joe Lopez. Um, the guys from the Hickman brothers and Andrew Wood, like these are all guys that were trained, that were there when we were all started. You know, it's great to see like them now have their own gym on the other side of Phuket and Bangtao, which Bangtao MMA. So both the Hickman brothers, which is like Frank and George Hickman, Andrew Wood, Alex Shield, I think that's everyone, yeah. So they've opened a gym there, world-class gym, and it's really good to see them, you know, excel and, and have their own business there now and really build out a world-class gym, I think. I, don't, I think a lot of people don't realise, Ash, that how close Alex is to Alex Volganovsky is to City Kickboxing um, in Auckland and yeah. Eugene Barrowman. Like his last fight, Eugene was there. Yeah. Um, alongside Joe. Yeah. Um, prior to COVID, used to, before he fought, used to go off into a camp in Auckland for, yeah. a, for a bit before yeah. he went off to the, to the fight. He's obviously very close to Eugene. Yeah. And, um, and that makes a big difference because I remember talking to him before during COVID when he went off to uh, Fight Island, one of the things that was bothering him, we went off to have the rematch, um, I think it was was a rematch um, with Holloway. Yeah, Um, it was. He was a bit concerned that he wasn't doing his normal 
the fight prep. Yeah, that was the first camp. Couldn't go to New Zealand. That was that was the first camp that Alex did. Always trained it in Tiger and with Joe. And the connection with City Kickboxing is actually through Brad Riddell, who's a UFC lightweight, ranked number fourteen in the world currently. Um, And he helped Alex. Like we used to train a lot with Alex with on his striking, and uh, he actually corners Alex and stuff like that all the way through. Brad went back to City Kickboxing to train under Eugene, and a lot of what Brad's learned is, is come from Eugene. And so then. Alex went and trained at City Kickboxing and would do three to four weeks there in camp. That was the first camp where Alex wasn't able to go there and train, especially being champ, first title defense. You know, there was a lot on there. It was a short notice fight. I think we took the fight with about five-week notice yeah, just because everything was up in the air yep. because it was the first fight card back. It was the first card back. And he had to defend his um, title. Yeah, and it was the first card back on Fight Island. Was it going to happen? Was it not going to happen? Because you remember, it's going back two years ago, COVID hit. Every other sport has stopped and obviously credit to Dana White and the company that like they pushed on and that's why they're, they're the best at what they do. They were able to, to fight Ireland but fight Ireland at the start was like, is this just a, like a bit of a PR stunt or is it actually going to happen? And of course it did happen. For those that don't really know, like fight Ireland's in Abu Dhabi yeah, um, and it's one of those places you're able to um, all co-mingle, so to speak. I mean, Australia, by the way, when Ali's got the notice about him defending his title, his featherweight title against Holloway, um, he was given an option not to go. Yeah. Because Australia was still in – like you couldn't go to a gym. Yeah. You weren't right. allowed to go to a gym. We're, right. we're still in some like form of restrictions. And uh, Alex had to get an exemption to yeah. train. Yeah, exactly. And um, I, I remember being, sort of being involved in that. Yeah, and, uh, The exemption that he got was an exemption from the New South Wales Commission for Police. He got the exemption but it was – there's all these conditions associated with it whereby Alex had to pretty much – Put everybody into a, a closed environment. Bubble. They had to stay at the Joe's gym down there. Yeah, bubble. Yeah, and they weren't out, allowed yeah. out. Yeah. They didn't have to wear masks and stuff like that, but they weren't allowed out. No one was allowed in. I went down and watched one session at, towards the end yeah. of them all training and uh, it was fantastic the way all these Aussie guys pulled together yeah. and how Alex was able to get fighters from all around the country yeah. um, to come and turn up and live there. Yeah. And it was yeah. you know, like shitty, almost not a shitty gym, but like you're living in a gym basically yeah. all on yeah. top of each other. Yeah. And it was a, sort of like a Thailand camp without being in Thailand. It was yeah. and it was down in Wollongong. It was amazing. I have so much respect for Alex Volkanovsky. I mean – the dude is a like a killer. Yeah. I mean, I don't mean in a literal sense, but the way he goes about everything. Yeah. The, the, what he's been able to endure. Holloway been preparing for, for that defence against Alex or Alex's defence for like a year. Yeah, back to the drawing board. And, and, yeah. uh, and America was open and you can train in any of yeah. the gyms over there. When Alex got this, I mean, I thought he might say, no, I'm not going to do it because there's not enough time. Well, it was risk worth reward, right? Pay-per-view, first pay-per-view back, big hype around it. You know, like a lot on the line. He had to resign too. Yeah. He had to resign with UFC. Yeah. He just moved over to to us, you know, myself and Luke. You know, we started managing him. Obviously, we did a new deal. So it was like risk versus reward. Like we were able to increase, you know, a few things. And But it's a good business decision. It was. From my point of view. You've got to take risk. Yeah. You said risk versus reward. You've got to take a risk. Yeah. And you've got to back yourself. Yeah. But on top of just backing yourself, you've got to do all those things that are necessary to be successful, you can't just say, oh, I believe in myself and I'm going to back myself. That's all bullshit. Yeah. Um, that's, you've got to give yourself a good uppercut if you start thinking that way. Then you've got to go about it in a, in a way that is business-like. Mm. And what you guys did, it was a business-like process. Yeah. You know, lock the joint down. Get in fighters from all over the joint. They weren't just New South Wales, they're from everywhere. Yeah. And like different sizes. And, you know, I think at one stage there you told me it was – 
he was might have been ten different styles of fighters, and he would fight, you know, yeah. do rounds after with, another, uh, one after the other. Yeah, there seemed to be quite a bit of camaraderie. You know, I Which guess I everybody key, got really close like, to him. Yeah. You know, they're all mates and ha- hanging out. Yeah, and they were just mucking around, and that takes a certain personality. So, mm. what I saw was a great mindset. Um, in other words, you could complain and say, "Oh, this is fucked," and yeah, you know, the government, this that, and the other, but. Okay, it is what it is. Yeah. And we're heading into that in our own economy now. We're heading into some uncertain times in our yeah, own Australian yeah. economy. Yeah. We can sit around and whinge and carry on about what, how bad it is or how tough it's going to be or, or how challenging it is or how uncertain it is. But, mate, they're things you can't control. Yeah. Just fucking just get on with it and try and manage those things you can control. Yeah. That's and that's right. a really good example of a, of a businessman, not, not just, it wasn't just him as a team. There's a team yeah. behind all these things. Yeah. Obviously. So I'm really keen to know how did you get involved with Alex? Myself and Eugene Behrman have a company called AP Sports Management, Tame Peace, which is named after a, an athlete that passed away and, and he always used to fight with um, yep. the Tame Peace one so we named it a company after him. Uh, Eugene had such a pool of talent that he'd put a lot of time and effort into and, and, and obviously in this industry there's there's a lot of sharks. Sometimes after you, after you watch a boxing match, you know, you need a shower if it's that dirty. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just how Particularly it is. boxing. Yeah, mate, yeah. With a lot of the pool of athletes there, you know, a lot of them don't need management until they really hit that the UFC because there's just there's no money in the fight game. You don't want someone, you know, there's, you know, all these people want to sign amateurs, you know. There's just no money, like, you know, it's just so. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Obviously, we had the best interests at heart. We had the team, you know, um, traveled everywhere together. And so we started the company to kind of protect the athlete. We'd done that with like Israel. We'd done that with Brad. Reference all these guys. These are our key athletes. You know, we've got about 10 in the UFC now. But this is like the core team that we had and we built the, the management company around. Alex was with another management company but saw the camaraderie and the team that we had together and were there each fight week with him as well. You know, we'd tend to have someone like if we were traveling to America, we'd try and always stack two or three guys on the one one card so it financially makes sense for us also but to build that camaraderie they can train together they bounce off each other and I think that's what sets us apart um which has been a great fit I can't remember the duties with pride yeah bit, but uh yeah it was it didn't work out so well no it's a well-known promoter yeah he was with um it was with another management yeah, company. Yeah, got in trouble. Yeah, 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 some but, trouble. Yeah, I think they were in a bit. Of, yeah, I think the owner was in a bit of a bit of strife yeah, with yeah, someone yeah. else. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I won't go into it. No, just no. Out, of, out, you know, the fight game's riddled with um, challenges in terms of um, who <laughs> might be managing news. you, who's a promoter, who's your trainer, yeah, and who they aligned with, and you know, there's all these sort of cross alliances. Yeah, one of the things I think the UFC has done brilliantly is actually stamp most of that shit out. I totally agree. I, I really agree. I think like. 
you know, I would sit here and say like that there's like UFC yeah. and then there's like a massive gap and you've got like PFL and, and Bellator. Bellator. Now, not take nothing away from them. It's just the UFC. Just I've been to shows across the world. I've traveled the world, been to shows everywhere, and it is the exact same process from, you know, from start to finish from a fight week, you know. Everyone knows their roles. Everyone's walking around with a smile on their face. You know, it's just they're the best in the world for a reason. Boxing's so different where you've got a promoter, a manager. I think one thing that, you know, boxing has a, a lot in Sydney now, you're seeing uprising in boxing, is that, that, that it's supported by, you know, I think Fox is supporting it quite well and, yeah. you know, they're starting to be quite consistent with their shows. The Rose no, Boys. No Rose Brothers. Yeah. They're doing a good job. But, now, but, but there's people like Matchroom want to come in and sort of take a bit of that. Yeah. And now we've got Stan's fighting against Fox because Stan yeah. put on the uh, the big fight on the weekend yeah. with Tyson Fury. There's still a bit of that shit going on. Yeah. I mean, Fox, UFC's just clean. You want to watch UFC? Go to Fox. Well, that's right. And that's I think – I don't yeah. know. Or I don't have to say shit. I have to go to a stand, or I have to do yeah. I have to go and look at on like go and look at on some other. They've got their own digital platform channel. as well. They're our content entertainment t- company. What's smart about it, they call it? You know, like uh, it's you know UFC two forty five. Then the next one's UFC two forty six. Yeah. You know, there's like there's like a calendar. Yeah. Um, whereas boxing, as I said, is all over shop. Plus, there's so many belts in boxing. Like it's it's hard to work at which is the right belt, yeah. the right weight division. Yeah. It's sort of confusing and, and unfortunately like there's been too many gangsters, you know, yeah. not just here in Australia but pretty much around the world who are, sort of get their claws into the boxing world. Yeah. UFC might have gangsters, I don't know, but it doesn't seem that way. It seems to be corporatized. Yeah, it's quite corporate. There is some, you know, uh, we call it a, a bit of a uh, – Well, it's still a, a fight. Cloud. There is, yeah, yeah, well, that exactly. stuff makes it interesting, by the way. Oh, mate, that's it. There's colourful characters everywhere, mate. I think everyone's had a kickstart from something, yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, you know, yeah. like – it's just the way the world was back then, you know. What do they say if behind, behind every successful person is a crime? Um, <laughs> it's probably right um, in yeah. some respects. Not, yeah. not me. Nah, I'm, not, me. No, not me. I've done nothing wrong. <laughs> well, that I'll admit to. But, but, yeah, but, right. but So your business mm. is front and centre of what I consider to be the most professional fight business on the planet. Yeah, that's UFC. And you guys seem to have or have recruited some of the Best fighters, or at least in terms of our region, Australia, yeah. New Zealand. Yeah, and then Australia, New Zealand, in terms of our fighters, is on top, pound for pound. We yeah. are like I don't on understand top. it. Why are we so good relative to our population compared to the rest of the world? You know, you got Russia with five hundred million people, or some of the US with three hundred eighty million people. Why is it Australia punches above its weight when it comes to MMA? I think it comes to a- down to a couple of things and i think it's like the teams and like the pockets of like you've got city kickboxing you've got uh mma fight you're fighting like in, in wollongong you've got other pockets you know where like rob, rob Whitaker's gym you know like yep. there's a lot of teams you know like i think in america you've got top team which is in florida right now that's like a it's a houses world champ you know but everyone that trains there uses it as a facility and not as and they have their coaches and they'll have like, you know, their – it's uh, from what I know and it's not run as like a team like where – but I think like a lot of the gyms here in Australia is very team, camaraderie, everyone's in it together. Their curriculum's a little bit different. You know, I know Eugene, they don't have any days off. They'll track their days and when they're, they're laboured, they'll have a day off then. Like they've got a different system. Like another part of it, you know, obviously we've got great talent, take nothing away from that, but we're also a great country – you know, we sell a lot of pay-per-views for our numbers and we're quite a big platform for the UFC, a big market. From the UFC's perspective, you always want to have talent or promote talent from that region, right? And yeah. who's the next talent? Guys that can sell, guys like Ilik, uh, Israel, Alex, 
you know, Rob, uh, Dan Hooker will fight anyone, anytime. Rob Woody. You know, Rob Woody. Sorry, take nothing away from Rob, but, yeah. you know, don't work with Rob. Our pool's not very big. It's only 30 million people. Yeah. Or is it because I think sports people choosing fighting because we don't have as many choices? I think there's definitely a fighting culture in New Zealand. But the underdog, it's had such growth in the last five years of, like, you know, look at someone like Alex. Start fighting yeah. until he was 21. Yeah. And now he's like 10 years later, he's the world champ, pound for pound number two in the world. Realistically, pound for pound number one, if you ask me. Yeah, yeah. We've always, Stray's always been strong. You go to the Olympics, we've always had a, we're athletically a, a fitter country. I mean, you, you've spent a bit of time in America. I think, you know, like we're very culturally very different. We've got great facilities, great teams and great gyms. So if you've got the talent and you've got the grit and, and, and determination to want to, you can go to a city kickboxing, you can go to a free, freestyle fighting gym and you can get the right, become part of the team and when australian athletes you know make the ufc they've done it the hard way you know what i mean they're not living in in las vegas where someone can't make weight and then they'll they'll fight or someone gets injured you get a chance you get a chance whereas in australia you have to fight all the way through yeah so you're kind of tested before you get there that's why you get a lot of guys that go in that's probably the answer but once you get there yeah, you've, you've, tested, you've you're there. stood the test of yeah, time. Yeah, you're not like, and that's the thing. Eugene will never put in someone that he doesn't think's ready. Ash, let's talk about AP Sports, the management company now. Like, yeah. You're in that with Eugene. It's like a, a half each. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. So, just Eugene Barrowman from uh, City Kickboxing in Auckland. How you and Eugene decided to put this together? We were there. You know, we were there when when the guys were on the local circuits. The Eugene always said to the guys when he when the coaches them, I'll manage you and coach you because you don't need management right now. When you need management, that's when we'll, we'll really start looking after you because he gets these guys at a younger age, you know, they have talent, they show show signs of talent and then you'll have someone come in and sign them. It was kind of nurture them to the point up, but then we, we started the company, I say, in about 2018. We, we really we really started. I guess the shell of it was there, but I became a, a stronger part of it back in 2018. How do you choose who you want to take into your talent pool well it's quality over quantity for us you know uh that's that's a big thing for us you know we we have a, a tight-knit team so we only manage the guys that come out of, out of city kickboxing you know we have been approached previously but it's not really part of our, our i guess our business plan or our business structure you know you've got to treat each athlete like a business they are a business within themselves every business works differently and you really need the time to put into the each, each athlete evenly, you know, and, and some want more than some want less. I know a lot of rugby league managers, they just take, they have a no dickheads rule. So, I mean, yeah, the guy's got great talent, but yeah, he's going to be too hard to manage. Yeah, for, for sure. The rule kind of stems from the gym. So I think you, there's no dickhead rule in the gym. You, you get found out pretty quick. At That's city. City, at city, yeah. You get found out and pretty quick. And I've heard all sorts of stories there. Like it's, yeah. you, you've got to be very respectful when you go on the joint. And I've seen some people be dragged out the back, mate, put it that way. Yeah, and um, everybody turns on them. Yeah. The, the, it's a group thing. It's not, yeah. it's not Eugene. No. It, it's just one in all in. Yeah, you, you don't play the game, you're out. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. Do, do you actually watch the fight game like from the sidelines and and do like talent scouting at any stage in this game. There's definitely you have to have, be the full package. There's these guys who use Israel as an example. There's so many different levels to him, and he's very much an outlier. Much like Alex is really coming into his own of late. We do, but I, I guess we're not tr- your traditional management company. Very rare that you'll find a, an athlete in the UFC that will be able to pick their own fights. There are some, right? You know, over a twelve month period, be offered three fights a year. Some guys they get that are quite marketable, they'll push, you know, a little bit more. But it all comes off their analytics. 
and what they can see socially when they post someone, what how well that does. Or our, most of our guys want to fight three times a year. So, you know, pretty much after they're done, they, they're they me, when can I fight again? So obviously I have a good relationship with the matchmakers. When it comes to the pointy end, you know, if you, you know, if the guys are ranked, you know, things to start to slow down because, you know, it's all very much if a guy's higher than another guy, he only wants to fight guys higher than him. But didn't work out too well for Israel when he did that. It, it did, but it didn't. Israel took his shots and yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Um, and I think when he was applying pressure, you know, he he was going to finish the fight and then got taken down. But the guy looked too big. I mean, yeah. I, I, it's just, you know, like. You know, obviously you've interviewed Geordie, the dietitian. Yeah, yeah. He's one of the smartest men I've gun. ever met. Like he gun. is the best. Yeah. Like he got me to lose eight kilos but put it all back on. <laughs> yeah, I've lost weight. I've done the same. I've, do, I've been through late weight loss programs with Jordy uh, yeah. to, to fight. One time though, I, I didn't listen to what he said and yeah. I actually went a couple of steps further, like went a bit harder. Yeah. I should listen. My whole body fell apart, and I had to pull out of the fight because uh, right. I, because I just lost too much weight too fast. Sort of crazy about it. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. Checking your weight every morning. Yeah, fucking like not listening to him. Because yeah. you got to listen to uh, Jordan Sullivan. Yeah, he's yeah. the king. He is the man. He is. The and man. They all use him. Every, every, oh, all mate. our guys. Or yeah. I guess you guys. Yeah, use we have him. a great yeah. affiliation yeah. with Jordy. He's um he practices what he preaches as well, which yeah. I think is great. You know, like we're in. He Alex made weight. This will spin you out. I don't know if you've been in touch with him, but. He's training for like an ultra marathon. He's this is Jordan. Jordan. Yeah, yeah. And he's very like in, in tune with his breathing. You know, it's a very much a mental game for him. And he literally, Alex made weight and uh, rehydrated. And then we all went to bed. Jordy jumped on a treadmill and ran from midnight to 9 a.m. But we had to get him on a drip the next day, mate. He was shot. Like, I can imagine. Yeah, you know, he couldn't keep anything down for four hours. Like. And that's the sort of person who you want in your team, yeah, you and Eugene, apart from the people, who, the fighters you represent, they but they also form part of your team. But then you get people like Jordan Solomon, who's one of the best dietitians in, in the world, yeah, for the fight game, yeah. Um, and they are in your team, yeah. And then you got your trainers, yeah, guys who train your fighters, Specialized, yeah, sp- like your boxer guys, you got uh, you know Frank kick, Hickman wrestling, your yeah. wrestling guys. Um, I know Alex takes some guy to Thailand. He's a American guy who lives in Frank. Thailand. Frank, that's Frank. Okay. Yeah, takes yeah. It, it takes him away with him. Yeah, when yeah, he goes, yeah, uh, yeah, he, he took him to Abu Dhabi. I, I recently yeah. recall, and it's quite an expensive exercise too. Like, for do sure. you say to the UFC, "This is who you got to pay for for us to present our fighter in, for example, in Fight Island"? Yeah, yeah, everything's in negotiation. Yeah, so and it depends on the athlete how much you can obviously negotiate. So yeah, yeah well, it depends on you. Your ability to negotiate depends on how good the athlete is. You know, obviously, it comes down to knowledge. Knowledge is power in this game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when you have someone like an Israel Adesanya and Alex Volkanovsky, then you know what the ceiling is for certain things. Knowledge is power. Got to a certain level with Israel. I was in Saudi Arabia, of all places, with Izzy in 2018. He did four, three, two or three times. We paid six figures to go there to be at a boxing, and we were there just to be in the crowd and do some some promotional stuff. And uh, there was a weigh-ins at um, at, at, a, at a mall there, and obviously total different world, different culture. We were just walking through through the mall, and this is after two fights or three fights, and these kids come up knew who he was, and that to me was just like right, like things were moving really fast. Like from 2018 through to now, it's just been a roller coaster ride, mate. I dropped out of school when I was 15. Of where I am today, through relationships and 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 camaraderie and mateship, and and you know, obviously if you're a good person, you attract good people. I think I believe that, but. We've got we wanted the best for the athlete. We were there, and I was kind of like, "Look, there's obviously we we're getting approached by different management companies because myself and Eugene were looking after Israel, and he's such a superstar um, that we were just like, look, like I rang him. I remember ringing him saying, "Mate, we think we need help here. Like, we don't know. Like, we've we've done well to get to this point, but I think we need 
as some kind of a partner with with someone that's done it before. And obviously, that's when we we, we started to negotiate and, and sit across the table with Paradigm uh, Sports Management, who managed Conor McGregor. Is Paradigm involved in all of them, or just just, just Israel. Israel? Just Israel, yeah. But as you say, you've learned a lot from Paradigm, oh, which, which you can sort of fold yeah. back or bake back into what you do with exactly. Alex. Exactly. Just quickly touch on something. So, um, you've launched a a product line, Engage. So Engage yeah. is um, Engage is where it all started. If I'll be honest, mate, that's that's like, you know, I was in I was in Thailand and I, you know, a two week trip turned into a three month trip, and and then I ended up fighting and 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 stuff like that. It's been a crazy ride. Like it's 2014. I've went there, you know, 26 or 27 or something like that, you know, played a lot of rugby league, done a bit of boxing and then went there with a couple of mates that would fight Fort Moita and stuff like that and then I ripped into that and just got addicted. Like I said, you'd train in the morning, train in the afternoon, jump on the bike, go and watch the sunset, you know, put the earpods in and just, just ride off into the sunset past Big Buddha. It was just beautiful. And I was like, how do I make this part of my life? Had a gym with a couple of other guys that never took off but I'd paid for like the – engage the word and it was a fist it was like but it never kicked off and I had that and I was like I remember sitting in Thailand on a, in a, in a cafe with like Kai and a couple of other guys talking about engage and how I want to start a fightwear brand so I could just keep coming back to, to Thailand and didn't know a thing about fight fightwear or like um you know even run a business your team management business or your fighter management business athlete management business is a transactional business in that you know, you get a transaction for a fighter for a number of years and he gets paid and you get a percentage of whatever, whatever your financial model looks like. But the thing with Engage product is it just keeps selling no matter who you got, who you're managing. The Engage product is more an annuity type product because people keep buying it just, and, it's yeah. not, and it's not – it's not reliant on a particular fighter winning a fight or you you signing a particular fighter. Those things help, but yeah. it, it's it's a different part of the business. So it, it fills in all the cash flow gaps. Mm. You know, so something like product lines can f- uh, fill the um, cash flow gaps, which is really important. It's amazing the amount of um, energy and love for what you do, um, and I think that's probably the thing has carried you to where you are. Yeah, in a large in a large way. Um, but more importantly, the way you've been able to fill your your mob with really high quality individuals, not just good fight talent, yeah, but really good high quality individuals, lots to offer, and that that that's not just the fighters. That's from Jordan Sullivan to you know obviously Eugene and yeah. and everybody else that's involved, Joe, yeah. everybody, everybody, everyone around you, yeah. the whole team, all your trainers and. Everything. It's a great place for you to be. So yeah. well done. Congratulations. No, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on, mate. Thanks, thanks uh, coming congratulations for your all your excess, success as well. Thanks, mate. And my excesses as well. Yeah. <laughs> thanks for listening to another episode of The Mentor with Mark Boris. Audio and production is by Jessica Smalley. Production assistance, Simon McDermott. This is a mentored podcast. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.